It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We say hi to Evan Bland from the Omaha World Herald at Evan Bland, O-W-H. On Twitter's where you find him. Evan, how's your week? Thanks for jumping in. Yeah, you got it. I, you know, I caught some of your uh, previous segment. You have me wondering if hope is, is the best thing or the worst thing. <laughs> I'm going to go with Andy Dufresne and Shawshank. Hope is a good thing. Evan, hope is a good thing, uh, as he was sanding down that boat in uh, in Mexico. Uh, but yeah, if you don't get to if you don't get to six, man, there'll be a lot of tears and beer. Yeah, you're staying in Shawshank if, if that's the case. Um, <laughs> and maybe Nebraska's been institutionalized. You know, you you don't like those walls, and you grow to like them. Then you you can't live without them. So I don't know. Uh, Brooks was here, right? <laughs> Man, um, yeah, that, and that was from uh, a comment a little bit ago in the stream yard. And uh, I mean, well, is is Brooks going out into the world? Matt Rule coming back to college football with a transfer portal era and NIL and all the changes since he went off to the NFL. <laughs> That's yeah, a great I mean, man. The world so many... got itself in a damn hurry. Uh-huh. There's um, so many parallels with, with, with the portals, and, and 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 I think fans. You know, if you go out to a bowl game this season, uh, I mean, <laughs> the world's changed since 2016 too. So I think there's some uh, getting used to it that Husker fans probably wouldn't mind doing. Well, and and that's that's the key, and that's the question. We'll kind of get your take on the quarterback situation, big picture. I know uh, your podcast with Sam and and. Tom, uh, the Pick 6 podcast, uh, we'll dive into the portal uh, question mark. But overall, Evan, as you look at this matchup Saturday, do you think Nebraska, their best chance to get to 6 is Saturday? I mean, I think we all think it was last Saturday that didn't happen. And we're kind of wondering where you get one with these next three. Is it Saturday that gives you the best opportunity? I think so. I mean, it's it's a home game against an East Division school that's lost four in a row, that just got roughed up by Penn State, uh, that that's defense uh, is awfully vulnerable. It's a smaller defense that pressures, and it's sort of a boomer bust sort of scheme that they run. So you would you would like to think that it would be this Saturday, but you can make a case uh, against that too when you've got Tonga Vailoa, who's a top you know fifteen quarterback in college football right now, and what he can do with his arm and, and with his legs and Nebraska's history uh, against uh, dual threat quarterbacks that play at a high level kind of, kind of give you pause. Um, you know, it kind of sounds weird to think that, that maybe Wisconsin could be that team. Their defense is not uh, up to the standard of past Badger units to this point. They're going through their own injuries offensively. 
they're a lot more limited, I, I think, even right now than what Maryland would say it is. Um, but that's out in Madison, which has been uh, a house of horrors for Nebraska football through the years, too. So, like, I don't know that you want to count on a almost a decade-long uh, losing streak coming to an end uh, out at Camp Randall. And then it comes down to to Iowa, and, and, and what can your offense, if you're Nebraska, do uh, against an Iowa defense that's just – you know, salty as all get out. So I, I think it's it's Saturday. If you can handle Tongavailoa and, and limit those plays and maybe get, um, you know, one explosive play, maybe one, you know, you connect on one option pass for a score, that could alleviate some things. Uh, but isn't it amazing how the tenor of things has changed? When you go into Michigan State, there's kind of this assumption that, uh, that they'll get to six, and then you're in the West race, and, and who knows how high the ceiling is, and now – you lose that one, some of the flaws are newly exposed, and there is sort of this, uh, I think, tension among the fan base and around the area that uh, you want to get this thing taken care of sooner than sooner than later so you're not trying to end this bowl streak against these two West Division teams that have had Nebraska's number for so long. It's Evan Bland with us here from the Omaha World Herald, Hale Varsity Radio. And Evan, one of the things Mike Loxley said in his presser yesterday, which we haven't gotten to just yet, maybe we'll get to a little later in the show, but I'll, I'll paraphrase for him. He's essentially saying on this losing streak where Maryland has lost is they've lost the turnover battle and they've lost the explosive play battle and it was a, uh, a, a bad loss in the explosive play category to Penn State. That's why that score ended up being so lopsided. But we look at Nebraska. They've been losing the turnover battle, but they won the explosive play battle against Illinois. They won it against Purdue. They won it against Northwestern. Nebraska wins those three games. They lose the explosive play battle against Michigan State on top of the fact that they lost the turnover battle and they lose that football game. So whenever you look at the final three games, Games, specifically focused on Maryland, obviously, on Saturday. Do you think Nebraska has it in them to win either the explosive play battle or the turnover battle? Because Maryland feels like a game where their offense is explosive and they have been turning the football over at a fair clip, but still not even at the clip Nebraska's been turning the football over at. Right. And, you know, Matt Rule laid it out on Monday, I thought, too, where he said the defense has played awfully well this year, but the two areas that it struggled has been, one, taking the ball away, and two, limiting explosive plays through the air. And, you know, that second one is something that Maryland has down. And they don't really have, you know, a go-to receiver or two. I think they've got six different guys with 20-plus catches uh, right now, which is uh, the most in the FBS. So they, they have the skill guys. They have the depth of skill guys. I, you know, conventional wisdom would say that Nebraska probably won't be able to match that just given what Maryland has at the quarterback position. Um, they're a little bit healthier on offense, certainly, than what Nebraska's been. Uh, they can't really run it that much. So, like, I don't know that it's a great matchup for Nebraska defensively because Maryland, uh, it, it, they're not going to be all that intent on running the football too much. They're going to go to the air and trust, you know, their guy to to make plays and do what he does. And so, um, you know, Nebraska struggled with that against Michigan State, against a true freshman quarterback who who mixed in there with a, a you know a redshirt freshman, gave up some explosive plays in that regard. I think you know Nebraska's offense, as much as as it really kind of showed its flaws and deficiencies against Michigan State, it, it really was the same offense that we saw during the three game win streak. The exception or the difference was. That explosive play. I mean, you think about the Illinois game when they get the turnover and they had the quick strike touchdown uh, that Harburg ran in, and then you had the two option pass scores against Northwestern and Purdue. You know, even just one of those takes a lot of pressure off the defense. It sets the tone for the game. It puts you ahead, and that just didn't happen against Michigan State. And I think what we've 
what we've learned about what this team is offensively is you're not going to count on them to put together a long drive. You know, you're not going to find a, a lot of 10 play, 75 yard touchdown drives. Um, you're going to have to hit hit one big, hit two big. Um, and then, you know, you're hoping that the defense can get a takeaway and, and either score on its own or set up another short scoring opportunity. So I think with all that we've seen from Nebraska through three quarters of the season, the blueprint's kind of what it's been. Uh, you know, take care of the ball, find a way to get one explosive play for a score, and then hope that your defense uh, can be as dominant as we've seen it be most of the season. What do you think you see from Harburg on Saturday? Bounce back, playing air quote free, or is he still going to be skittish with uh, with some indecision? Yeah, it's a great question. I thought his press conference chat with reporters this week was was really good. I mean, he was open about uh, just kind of his mental process, what he's gone through. He put it uh, as decluttering his mind. He, he called himself a guy who can tend to um, overthink things or overanalyze things and how that can slow things down. And so, you know, as he said, the coaches want him to go back to being Heinrich from Northern Illinois or Heinrich from Louisiana Tech where he was kind of balling out, reacting, um, you know, it kind of fallen back on, on what had been his practice reps and taking that into the game uh, as opposed to maybe overthinking scouting reports and over overanalyzing what he sees defensively pre-snap. Um, I think some of that stuff has tended to, to slow his game down, to, to bog him down a little bit. And, and I think as a runner, too, I mean, you think about his first couple of starts with the Huskers, he was putting shoulders into defenders. Um, you know, bring, people were asking, you know, maybe he should he should slide some more. And then I think he kind of got that message. And then he, that sort of led to what we saw, especially in the Purdue game, where he was kind of somewhere in between. Um, you know, maybe he wanted to put a shoulder into somebody, but kind of knew he should slide. And so instead, he kind of stutter steps and slows down and takes some big hits. So. I think a lot of it, and he, he laid it out, is just about being convicted in what you do. Um, it's about trusting what happens during the week. It's about being able to react on game day. You know, he, he talked about that interception over the middle uh, in the first uh, the first half where that was a play that they had repped, you know, I think he said 50 times in practice. And on those, on those reps, he threw it over the middle. And on this particular instance, the defender fell down. Alex Bullock was open on the left side. And he just kind of defaulted to what he had done in practice. So, um, you know, clearly he's got the want to. He's, he's a local kid. He wants to do well by this program. Um, and, and Nebraska, quite honestly, has had some success in, in helping guys psychologically, um, you know, push through some of the, the learning curve that goes on with that. So I, I think it's certainly possible that he plays a little freer. I think that's kind of his default setting that, that uh, maybe he's – He's altered as he's been a starter, so we'll see if he can kind of bring back some of the traits um, that made him so fun to watch early in his starting career. Evan, what do you think it, it takes for us to see Chubba Purdy? Uh, injuries, probably, at this point. Um, you know, we, we've heard every week Nebraska coaches have been pretty steadfast on Purdy and the fact that they can they feel like they can win with him as well as Jeff Sims and Heinrich Harburg. Um you know, I think the staff values continuity at this point. Like they, you know, they didn't make the change from Jeff Sims uh, until the the ankle turn forced their hand. Uh, and I don't think that uh, their intent at this point in making any move on Harbor. I mean, Rule was asked point blank after the Michigan State game if they had 
considered making a change. He said no. Uh, it was more about kind of pushing through the flow of the game. Um, you know, that's been the case, I think, at least once or twice uh, at other points in the season, too. So I think, you know, he has the intangible qualities that you want as a leader. I think he has the locker room. Uh, and, you know, Matt Rules made a point of saying multiple times, like, this is a guy who has the tools, the physical tools, the leadership tools to uh, potentially, you know, be an impact guy sometime down the line. And so I don't think they're ready to give up on what that potential could be. And, and I think they believe that if you stick with Harburg now and, 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 and circumstances set up to where he's the starter in the future, that some of the lumps he's taken now could pay off as Nebraska continues to build toward what it wants to be. Evan, let's talk future for a moment. And I know it's something that, that uh, you guys uh, have touched on in, in your podcast, the Pick 6. Interested to get your, your take on Nebraska's position with the portal. Yeah, they'll probably look to the portal. They'll need to, to knock out uh, a rock-solid evaluation with uh, who they may bring in. But is, is there a roadblock when it comes to, to cost and spending uh, with with what the going rate is for a portal quarterback? Yeah, I mean, that'll be a factor. And as we've learned in you know a couple years of the portal being in its current iteration, like you, you don't really know who's even going to be in there until it happens. Uh, you don't know who's going to go pro, who's going to come back. You're, you always have surprises. Uh, and, and, you know, the market for a top quarterback is high. I mean, six figures, probably seven figures for – some of your your highest end guys you know what i think will be interesting and and i think the consensus is is pretty much there that nebraska is going to go to the portal for quarterback maybe two depending on how things go but what does that look like like do you if you're if you're nebraska and you have your druthers do you take a guy who's got three years of eligibility left and and try to develop that do you go the other route and and get a you know fourth year or fifth year guy and and lean on that experience and try to take the next step for a single season. Um, and then what does the skill set look like? I think that's the other fascinating part, because if you're uh, you know, a high-end quarterback and you're considering Nebraska, what's the pitch from Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield as to what that offense is going to be? Is there, Do you show them any tape whatsoever from what the offense has looked like this year? Uh, you know, I, I don't think long-term that the option, for example, is in their plans. Uh, but what about some of the you know, the run concepts, is this how, how pass-heavy of an attack is this going to be? Is this going to be, you know, Marcus Satterfield's South Carolina um, from a couple of years ago? Is it going to be something different? So, like, how they pitch that to the, to the quarterbacks and then what kind of a skill set they're able to bring in, I think will be really telling for the direction they want to take this program in 2024 and beyond. Evan, last thought here before we get you out, about 60 seconds. Any other spots aside from quarterback you think Nebraska goes portal shopping this offseason? you see any major holes that Nebraska needs to go fill, or do you think they're going to trust some of those young guys to step up in the future? Well, I think defensively, you know, you feel pretty good about it just because of how many different guys that they're rotating in where, to where, you know, you can lose some leaders at every position. You could lose Ty Robinson or Nash Huntmaker or, or you know, Luke Reimer, Nick Henrich, um, you know, multiple New Quentin Newsom, like you can, those guys, if they all go pro, like you can point to other reserves or, or, or twos on that roster that can plausibly fill in. I think offense has got to be, you know, where it's going to be. I, I, history would tell you that finding an offensive lineman in the portal is difficult and expensive and, and hard to count on. 
they would also tell you that finding receivers in the portal is kind of doable, and Nebraska has a history with that. So I think that's a spot certainly that you would look at if you can, uh, trying to find some receivers. Uh, running back, I think they'll be curious. Do you add somebody there, um, assuming guys like Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson come back? Probably. I think that's probably a spot you'll look at as well. So, um, you know, I, I, w- I would start there. We'll kind of see how the rest of the season plays out. Um, but it'll be curious to see how in-depth or how all-in Nebraska wants to go on the portal versus being more of the developmental program that, uh, you know, Matt Rule teams have been in the past. It's Evan Bland with the Omaha World Herald. Evan, we'll see you on Saturday. Great stuff today. Thanks for jumping in with us. Hey, thanks, guys. See All right, there he is. And Evan's going to throw Shawshank on right now to, uh, to put a bow on, on this segment. We'll dive in a little bit more on Nebraska, more on the Big Red from Loxley and uh, what's Michigan's fate.